Sweating in bed keeping you up at night? Okay, get your mind out of the gutter. This isn't that kind of commercial. You need the cooling power of Purple. The mattress, that is. It's comfort reinvented thanks to the Purple Grid. It allows air to flow through so you can sleep cool and comfortable all night long. And it flexes and cushions no matter what position you sleep in. Hmm, maybe it is that kind of commercial. Anyway, save up to $400 on select Purple mattresses and bedding bundles. Get yours at purple.com slash sleep in. Terms apply. Like, I didn't make enough. I know. I'm gonna start over again. <laughs> I'm ready. I was ready the first time. Clearly, you were. I w- what up, world? This is Anthony Roberts, host of The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct, alongside my co host, Artesia. This podcast is powered by Roberts Media Group, your resource for all things podcasting. For more information, please visit robertsmediagroup.co. Why did you make that face? Because you're supposed to roll us right into the oh. TL recap. But I'm, you know what? So, people, hey, guys. Uh-uh, no, no, no. We're not going to do that. No, shit. I'm just no, 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 no. My show is not going to sound like radio and other podcasts who don't know how to talk or do I know that. I was, it was a like joke. Brian Gumble and shit. We it was a joke. No, that's who you are. That's who you are. Do you go? You gonna kick the ATL recap off? Are we still recording? Yes, I didn't. I didn't stop nothing. Oh my god. Anyways, we're back from Atlanta. This is our first episode. We've been promising this recap all week long. It feels like. I mean, we set a date, so the date was set up. I told people we would be doing it Friday or Saturday. Oh, Saturday. You th- oh okay. Yeah, I didn't set them up and say. I hey, think we're doing you, it on I think Monday. that was just you bugging me when we gonna record when we gonna record Yeah, because you weren't giving me a date and i was like yo we need a date that way if i'm gonna promote it right mm-hmm. and put it out there since Honestly, we're not just another podcast i want to make sure that we do things correctly and if i say hey i'm gonna put it out there on this day i want to make sure it goes out there you can do it yeah, i'm gonna honestly, light your ass on fire on this podcast honestly i did not have a date this time no, i didn't have a date this time normally i always have a date but this week it seemed like it was hella crazy we can talk about that shit later. We don't want to talk about the, the white crackers at work. No, that's not even what I was going to talk about. And, you know, for the people who like, oh, crackers. I mean, crackers. Saying cracker is not like saying nigga, first of all. We didn't put the ER on it. Well, first of all, cracker is just like, <laughs> to me, that's just like an off-brand motherfucker. That ain't really nothing to be like, oh, you know, to talk about their um, lack thereof in certain capacities. That's just saying white cracker. Yeah. I may, you know, hey, it is what it is. Maybe I'll bleep it out. Maybe I won't. The reality I'm is, sure you won't. no, I'm not. I'm really not because if you know me, then you know me. So I don't have to explain. So Atlanta, this time around, we went out to Atlanta for um, Ma Bailey's 12th year anniversary of City of Ink Tattoo. Mm-hmm. He also has uh, Peter Street Station. What, what? I don't really know what to call Peter Street. Peter it's Street a Station. community center. So it's, it's a community center. It's basically center. a hub for like creatives, local artists. Okay. Because yeah. I saw all the books in there and I was like, it's kind of like a library, to, like slash no, it's hangout. Just like a, it's like a creative space for yeah. the community. Like. So it was dope. But I think the thing that I loved about it the most when I was there, first of all, thanks to the, uh, for the invite to my Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't, you know, I think it was a free event so people mm-hmm. could come out, uh, purchase other people's art. A lot of black art. He has City of Ink. What was it? Closet, the clothing store next door. Yeah. And then, so it was like, and you City could just walk in and out of the different 
places, each place was like overloaded with art and vendors. And we had a DJ, it was live music. So it was fun. I liked it. Yeah, it was good. I like to see the, um, for one, I mean, like I say, the environment was good. It's always about a good vibe. And I feel like Atlanta always has a great vibe. Um, for black creatives and black people, period. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to my Bailey because he did put on a great event. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the homie Stevie Pettis. Um, he's working on the Surrender brand. He has his own clothing mm-hmm. line and he just teamed up with Nike to do- Bring uh, awareness bring to mental health. To mental health. That mm-hmm. seems to be a big thing now. So I know we're supposed to be uh, interviewing him at some point. Yeah. So we'll keep, first of all, look into him. He's Stevie Pettis online. Mm-hmm. Um, his name on Instagram is just Stevie Pettis. So he has dope work. Uh, he's a dope designer. And like I say, he's working on this uh, promotional campaign, campaign mm-hmm. with mental health and everything. So uh, aren't you glad I'm here? Not really, because I mean, I'm, I'm the one for what, what you're here for what? Like I'm helping you. Like Not really. You're supposed to be actually talking because you were supposed to be kicking off the Atlanta recap. But since I'm doing it, I I'm just kind of flabbergasted out. and lost for words. Wow. So I'm actually doing a filibuster set up. To make sure that I'm doing my part. Are you part serious to make sure right now? Because I did kick us off. I you said, like, oh, the Atlanta recap. No, <laughs> no that's not what and I then did. And I just took over. That's not what I did. So you want to talk about one of the best parts that you had about Atlanta, that you liked about Atlanta? The, the blue best... flame? <laughs> really? This is you gonna go with. First of all, that was not the highlight of my trip. I'm not Anytime sure. I go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. I always enjoy getting up with my girl, Britt, over at Bad and Bougie Moms. We were able to hang out a bit. Um, yes, we did go to the Blue Flame, but we also checked out a nice little winery spot and I had a great time doing that. Also, my other highlight of Atlanta was visiting the Trap Museum because, you know, I'm a T.I. fan. And so being able to go to the Trap Museum, first off, when we walked into the museum, we were getting ready to pay. And lo and behold, who do we see behind the counter? Nigga, this is not a one, two, three jump out. <laughs> no, it's not. You just tell them who we saw. I'm just saying. So that yeah, was. Guess, no, because. Behold, guess what we saw. Do you want to. You know what? If you're going to rag, gonna rag on me for the entire episode, I don't even want to do it anymore. Oh, for real? But anyway. Oh, you want to back out? I now? honestly did not see her sitting back there. So when she was like. It's dark oh, in that motherfucker. Yeah. So when she was like, oh, y'all don't pay. It was like dope. Crystal Garner, we uh teamed up with her last year yeah. to do an event. Yeah, we did the we did the interview for her and then that followed up by the event. Yeah. And exactly. when we did the I think it was just like a panel set up for yeah, one the of speakeasy. Our speakeasies. On entrepreneurship. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't see it when we first walked in. First of all, you know, the dude was patting me down, you know. Yeah. And I, he was he up just one checked leg. my person was like, You good. Nah, he that nigga patted me down. I was like, I'm glad my dick ain't that long. Cause he would have been patting all up on my it's it's not. What? I'm just why saying. Do, why do our conversations always allude to your dick somehow? Do you have a dick? I'm just saying. Okay, so if a nigga, if it's a man <laughs> and he's patting you down and he's coming up the inside of your leg, it's an uncomfortable Where feeling. Would, oh, well, I can understand so that because when we went to the blue... my dick. It's just about it being uncomfortable with no. somebody patting so high up. And like you said, he only checked your purse. He patted my back. He exactly. checked my hair. He patted under my arms. He checked the inside of my jacket. He patted my ass, my thighs, my inner thighs, the out, and down to my ankle. But I can't understand that because when we and went to... And it made to... me think because, again, this is Atlanta where we saw 90% of gay men. When we went to Blue Flame, the security guard, she did like caress my vagina, like legit. When she and was when she was patting me this. down. Okay. She did for real. Okay. I was like, oh, that was <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening because I never heard nothing about that at the Blue Flame. That's but because again, at that I'm not surprised by it. Because by that time, I mean, you know, other things were going on at the Blue Flame. Like what? The entertainment, nigga. You weren't inside yet. 
But when I walked in, which I mean, I wasn't focused on that. Child, like, I'm giving she, you a hard time. Yeah. You talking about your vagina? I'm talking about my dick. So I'm just understanding. I was saying I can good, understand how it's they not make about you. my dick. This is just about the uncomfortable situation I was in, being in Atlanta. And like I said, we can both attest to this. If we saw a hundred dudes, ninety five were gay. And I'm sure the other five could have been bisexual because I just didn't know with nobody. Well, I'm sorry that that was uncomfortable for you. Well, I'm sorry that it wasn't uncomfortable for you for you to get a vagina pat down. So. <laughs> well, I was at the strip club. <laughs> but for me, like, honestly, I, I'm not a strip club person. I know when you guys wanted to go, I was like, oh, okay, Blue Flame is a historical, you know, yeah, establishment Yeah, it's like one of the oldest adult entertainment spots. I don't know if there's other guys out there that's like, yo, I ain't really into the strip club scene, but the strip club scene is not my scene uh, for a couple of reasons. For me, I'm like, I'm not into strippers. I'm not into, like, the whole, like, first of all, like the girl was dancing on the stage, you see a pussy, and it was like, okay, everybody's seeing this thing. It's there. Like, I mean, I think it's a it's, bunch of pussies on the stage. It's just look to me. I'm, it's just me. It just seems German fested. It's just not my I mean, type everybody of thing. knows when you go to the strip club. True. Yeah, it's That's why I don't go. But the thing about it is, for me, I'm not like a strip club fanatic. Like, I don't have to go all the time. But when I do go, it's for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Like, just, you know, enjoy the moment. But I mean, it was some fat asses. Yes, it was some but, good bodies. But if it's not entertaining to me, then that's not entertaining. No, I know. I'm just saying. You know, like, it, it sounds weird, you know, for, for somebody, I feel like, to say this. But for me, I'm like, I just feel like it's, what is, degradation? Is that a good word? Is that a right? I feel like it's just, I don't like seeing women being degraded. And I feel like, yes, like you said, they know what they signed up for. But also, if niggas pouring drinks on girls, throwing money on their back, like, to me, it just, that's not appealing to me. It never has been. So I just prefer not to be in the situation. I don't like the crowds. I don't like the smoke, a mix of blunt smoke and cigar smoke and cigarette smoke. Like, it was just, for me, it's too much. Then, I mean, you almost going to pay upward uh, of almost close to $100 to get in the bitch. You, it was 20 or 40 for parking. Mm-hmm. It was twenty. Or you could park for free down back by the trees. Yeah, and walk on rocks to get it. I'm not nobody's doing that. No, point, some the, people did it though. Yes, but the point of the matter was, it was like you have to pay out roughly fifty before you even get in the club, and mm-hmm. then you get in the club. I don't know how much drinks cost. Then your ass the stop by the no, ATM. The drinks and you were only, only get out fifty dollars. I only took that out because. First of all, I was using your card. It doesn't matter. So I didn't want to just go overboard. What are you going to do with $50? No, no, no. And then as soon as we got to the door after paying for parking and getting to the door and splitting the shit, we didn't have no money on the inside. So I was like, so we supposed to be the cheap motherfuckers that come into a strip club and stand there and do nothing? No. So then I went to the ATM to go get some more money. Tell y'all to get some drinks. Go get you some ones. Go do some shit. I, like, did, I was just, I was like, and I did all of that. I did all of that. No, you didn't do that. I did. That no, so y'all at, could go do that. Yes. I'm like, Lord, how you gonna? But when I asked you for the record, when we were at the ATM, I said, "How much do you want me to get out?" He was like, eh. "So, I'm real conservative when it comes to other people's money. I'm conservative when it comes to my money." Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think I need to go back because with the recap, this is why I said I, I felt like I should have started it off. And this is not me taking a shot at you. You don't we, have to take a shot at me. Well, I told saying, you. But I'm saying we, I missed felt the, like... we missed a whole list of shit. So I'm going to just go back so we don't just kind of skip over the shit. One of the biggest things I think, too, about Atlanta we both talked about was a lot of the black excellence that we saw. You know, when we went to Atlanta, we went to a Hawks game. Yeah. And I want to say on this. On the fly. On the fly. But I want to say this, too, because. I feel like a lot of people, you know how they say, if you know better, you do better. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
a lot of people may see us sometimes and say, oh, they're always doing this. Like you'll hear people or people at emails be like, y'all always doing something. Y'all always mm-hmm. traveling. Y'all always going somewhere inside the city. So I know when we went to the game, people was like, oh, y'all balling. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me give you some game. For every NBA team that is a subpar 500 team or a below 500 team, if you check in that city, no matter who who's coming in town, the tickets are going to be cheap. Yeah, because I think when we looked them up, because you were like, oh, I want to go to the game. We and looked them was up. Like, that oh, was I'm like sure, $9.38. You know, that was the starting That was price. the starting point. Now, that $9. Of course, we're not going to be up in the nose. Yeah, I'm not sitting up in the nose. But, hey. but, you were, but <laughs> we were able to get like maybe 15 rows behind the, the court bench side. and court side literally we pay like 200 some dollars for the t- 220 not even f- that for two tickets yeah so for people who want to want to live and get out here and have these experiences it really does not cost much mm-hmm. and honestly it's just a little bit of research and a little bit of know-how and you could do these things but the reality is a lot of people would keep information like this to themselves so they can look like they're stunting so what i'm telling you people is it's a way to ball on the budget mm-hmm. and for those people who keeping all those little keepsakes and keeping those things away from people to where they you know and they can't enjoy life because a lot of us are not just giving away the game the game is these tickets are cheap and clearly if you live in a city and your team is 500 or below you should be able to find you good first section seats for less than $300 for two people and clearly this is something that a lot of people know because we saw quite a few Caucasian people just headed straight down to courtside literally courtside like and security was not like checking yeah that security was famished Exactly. That security was definitely family. <laughs> the only time they checked was when the actual person that was the, supposed to be yeah, sitting the there was like, or the, exactly. Because who all did we see at the game? We saw nephew Tommy. Yeah, we nephew saw Chris Tommy, Tucker. Chris Tucker and his girl. Quavo, Young Thug, and uh, Sonny Michelle from University of Georgia, who now plays oh, for yeah. uh, for New England Patriots, and then Nick Chubb. I don't know who Nick Chubb went to. And then we saw Candy and Ty, who strolled in like towards the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah. So Candy should have been holding Todd's hand because he was every bit of five four. No shade. I'm just saying. I was like, damn, that nigga, I ain't that tall, but I was like, five four. He like she <laughs> They were so hand. cute together. Because yeah, right, they both like the she, same height. Uh-huh. She like she could have set him on his lap and stuck her hand up his ass. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's how small he looked. But another thing about Atlanta too was like the HBCU night. The night we went to the yeah, game, they were celebrating the HBCUs. H- mm-hmm. And that's something that we I've never seen, especially here in Dallas. I talk yeah. about the lack of culture for Dallas. So it's like being in Atlanta, you just felt like, you know, you saw a lot of black excellence. You didn't talk I about this. Say, the white folks that were sitting in the seats are the stars. Like these niggas say. knew they wasn't, no, yeah. but you didn't go into detail. Yeah. Like they knew it wasn't their seats. Like one white dude was sitting in Quavo's seat. They just wanted to be touched. Exactly. And literally, <laughs> and then even the little kids that they had there for like the little camps that was, you know, at halftime, they were mm-hmm. going to meet the players. Like The little the kids, kids was like, I want to meet Young Thug. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? But, <laughs> the you know, whitest of the white. Yes. But you want to meet Young Thug. And it was literally like a white dude sitting in Quavo's seat. So when Quavo came, him and his homeboy they kind of looked at the guy and the guy looked like oh shit I'm in your seat mm-hmm. then he but tried then he to stuck da- his hand yeah, out and Quavo didn't shake his hand he just kind of put his hands up like yo nigga you in my seat like why the fuck are you even down here <laughs> and he walked out smiling and the thing about it is we had saw this several times to where some of the white folks was like they were in the same vicinity just two rows behind mm-hmm. or one row behind in the same seats this white dude literally the one who was in Quavo's seat he literally walked out of the whole first section and went back up <laughs> Like, he wasn't even supposed to be down there. Then it was, what, it was two white dudes sitting in Chris Tucker's seat. Yeah. And literally... Were those the same ones that asked him for a picture? Yeah. And they only, they were sitting courtside, <laughs> but their seats was literally the right behind, behind his. Yeah. In the same seats. So it's one of those things where people just wanted to be there. Or we don't even know if those were really his seats. 
at this point because security was not affected. I'm pretty sure. Why would they make him get up? They ain't going to just make him get no, up. There was I'm, other seats there. What I'm saying is oh, when the white, white guy went to yeah, the next yeah, yeah. row, that's probably what even his But the thing about white people, one of their privileges is you could do the wrong oh, thing and nobody looks at you as you're doing the wrong like thing. That's like the guy like that came next to And yeah. He was, yeah, the guy that came next to us, he was telling the people behind because he, I guess he had moved them down. And they were like, oh, should we go? And they were like, he was like, I would go until somebody said something. Yeah. Whereas, and what she means is going further down, yeah, like, like down on the court. court. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing about white folks. Like, as and you as a black person, a lot of times white people are doing things that they shouldn't be doing, but because the white is right has been mm-hmm. ingrained in so many people's minds, they just look at them and be like, oh, they probably got the money to be here. In mm-hmm. reality, they broke it in your ass, and they just down there stealing. A seat, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And what is and that is, and people can say, oh, he just know that's still in the seat. It was two niggas that did the same shit too. Two black dudes came down right before us and like a little bit in the fourth yeah. quarter. They came down with they sodas and they popcorn and laughed. They had a good time. Yeah, they was tickled too. But they waited in. A, I think they did wait. They waited till about right six time. minutes in the fourth quarter. Exactly. The white people was down there in the second quarter, first quarter, first quarter, right after halftime, like. Yeah, and anybody knows in Atlanta and Houston, those are two places to where it gets packed after halftime. Yeah. Because it's just those type of cities. Yeah. So, yeah, that was one of them things of white privilege. We also, you know, a lot of people always say when we fly, we always have a story when we fly. Oh, yeah. It was some white folks this time. Well, on the way back for sure. Because, you know, that white dudes that was in front of you, they wanted to ask us what our ticket numbers were because they were asking yeah. our seating arrangement. Because yeah. they were asking people, getting ready to ask people before and I heard them talking. Mm-hmm. And literally... I put had my earphones on and I saw him turn around and I think I said it to you. I was like, and I said it loud enough. I said, I'm not in no mood today to be asked where am I sitting? Get the fucking line. And he didn't say nothing. He got in front, he got in front of you and just stood there. Cause I and was then like, he told his friend, he was like, come on. Like as we were walking, he was like, he said something about the gal back there. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about me. Yeah. But uh, he was just telling his friend to fall in line in front of him. Yeah. Just fall in <laughs> line. Like don't be doing all that asking. Like we, we flow Southwest. Like everybody who's ever flown Southwest knows there's no assigned seats. Yeah. It's sections. You're in section A, B, or C, and you get the fuck in there and you go. And then even in if the you are seats in the general vicinity, and even some people will be the first ones on the plane and they still don't pick the first rows. Exactly. They'll pick the fifth or sixth row because they like where they want to sit. And they, they have a fear if the plane knows dives, they don't want to be at the front. Yeah, they have no, no, <laughs> no chance to get out of that shit. So that's what it was for me. To go back and recap a little bit with the Trap Museum with Crystal Garner, like you said, it was dope walking in because we were walking in expecting to pay mm-hmm. like anybody else. We did reach out to Crystal Garner before we even came, letting her know, hey, we were going to come out and just show her some support exactly. and love because she's now the general manager mm-hmm. of the Trap Museum. So we were just excited for her and proud yeah. of her doing that. But like you said, it was a, a delight to walk in yeah, I and was couldn't like, see shit. And then you heard somebody go crazy. I know. Like I she was went like, crazy. Damn, like, we was feeling like yeah. some. <laughs> Turned around. Yeah. I was like, and then, uh, yeah, and then the other girl was, I mean, the other girls at the front were kind of like, who, who are, are they? they? But yeah. they were laughing and smiling too because yeah. Crystal was going crazy. So it was great. You know, she gave us the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, took pictures of her, shouted us out. And one thing that I did love about Crystal was she did the the, the IG, mm-hmm. the IG stories, and she gave us a shout out. Now, we only have like three or four thousand followers mm-hmm. on social media. Now, I always try to tell people because a lot of people look at these numbers and they try to equate this and be like, yo. This is our following, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. Hers is about 20,000. The thing that I try to tell people, especially black people, that's important is sharing. Word of mouth. Oh, yeah. Shouting your people out. 
And one of the biggest things that she could have did was put us on Instagram stories, shout us out. So some of those 20,000 followers could come listen yeah. to us and join on board. And that's something that and we tried to And it was totally organic. Like, it wasn't like, we hey, didn't talk can about we? Yeah, it. she was like, I got to get you guys on the stories and, you know, whatever. So yeah. that I thought that was real dope. And that's the stuff that we try to do. And we always talk about doing, like, playing shit from other people who may not have the following that we have. Yeah. Because if you want to help somebody get somewhere, the best word of mouth, I mean, the best advertising is still word of mouth. Oh, yeah, By sure. you telling somebody, because the reason being is if if people believe in the content that we're putting out mm-hmm. and the brand that we have yeah. and then we vouch for somebody they're gonna be like okay they're legit and fans too. are loyal like yes. they will legit check somebody out just off your word you can go on instagram now and go follow go look at people that we fuck with and people that oh, we've interviewed and yeah. you'll see them following them and some of the people that we fuck with they only may have 400 followers but it's a big name person mm-hmm. following somebody with four because it's a loyalty mm-hmm. and i think that's something that you know when we do podcasts we always try to bring people in and make them feel a certain way. The Trap Museum was dope too because to me, it took me back because it's kind of like seeing the hood in one place. Oh yeah. And no matter what place they had set up, because they had one room for like TI, the little area room. for Drove, for First of all, when you walk in, they had it like the corner store. I thought that was dope. They did. And then when you go in there, it's to like the, the, left, the living room, room with the couches with the plastic Wrapping cover on. Yeah. yeah. With the guns. And the throwback and the pictures yep. of the celebrities. Yep, yep. It was yeah. dope, man. And then uh another thing I like, I like that they had the little section for two chains. Yeah. And if you look at our social media, they just added because his album Trapper Go to the League mm-hmm. just came out. Rap. So they put yeah, rapper go to the mm-hmm. league and they just put out a telephone pole with the yellow uh crate basket on it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they just added that to the museum. I like so it. even having that, what they had the jail cell, they had the little section with 21 yeah. Savage and a lot of other Trader local True. Atlantas. And then you had rappers. the original lyrics like uh, oh yeah, young like Dro. Young Dro for Shodaline. Exactly. Yeah, and I think um Crystal was saying how Dro didn't even know that they were in there. Yeah. You know what he, I'm saying? He just left them behind after a session. With T.I., yeah, yeah. And T.I. kept them and gave them the Crystal to put in there. So it's just like the little stories that you get behind these people's lives. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You saw a lot of people in there. I, the Looking one thing, hard. Yeah. Holding up the fake bricks of cocaine, taking pictures. It's so taking fun. pictures in a jail cell. Yeah, I couldn't do that. Because you, you was literally like, "Hey, you want to go take a picture?" I was like, "I will not take a picture in a jail cell." Mm-mm, I just wanted to take a picture because I like the way that they did the speakers. It yeah. was like an art installation of speakers. Yeah, it was. So I wanted to take a picture over there, yeah. but you being as bougie as you I'm are, you was like, "Oh, I'm not even going over there." No, it was just the line. Whatever. It was like the line was long. Can't pay was, me to go over there. No, I was no. I said you can't pay me to take a picture inside of. Yeah, a I wasn't trying to take a picture inside of jail cell like either. Like I said, the concept was dope, but yeah. for somebody who was wrongly accused and has been in jail for only two weeks, I don't pump that shit up. Two weeks is enough for me to know that I don't ever want to do a being no reenacting. <laughs> I don't even want to fuck around and reenact with that. They had the little <laughs> cot bed. The bitch looked dirty. It was thin. It was thin man. I remember all of that. I don't want to reenact shit about no jail cell. <laughs> so for me, it just wasn't something that I was like, oh, yeah, I- I'm into this. But yeah, it was a dope ex- experience. Definitely worth it. For sure. Yeah. The Ma Bailey thing, the, uh, one of the things I wanted to recap or touch on with that, Ma Bailey, not only was it the dope art, like from the first interview we had, like it was thinking about how he came from where he came from in Asheville, North Carolina to oh, knowing yeah. now you now own three properties in half of a city block in Atlanta. Yeah. So for me, it was bigger than the art. It was like an experience and just knowing where he came from. And yeah. even at uh, Peter Street Station, he had a sign and he sent out a mass text message on social media. And he was like, yo, if you from Asheville, North Carolina and you here representing me, it's a place upstairs that we got for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? To come up there. And they just had a little area where it was like, they could smoke weed, they could get yeah. drinks, the music was vibing. Chilling. And they just had like a little lounge area. So I like the I like the fact of him taking care of the people. Exactly. And putting on for Ooh. other black entrepreneurs exactly. that were I mean, we actually 
purchased a few things. I can't wait yeah. to rock some of the stuff that you got me. Thank you very much. Yeah, but it, I, I just loved it because it's seeing black people in a space like that. Mm-hmm. And the thing and about everybody it is, was so free. Yeah, like free and friendly. Exactly. Wasn't nobody being hard. No. Wasn't nobody trying to act hard. Yeah. Wasn't nobody pushing up on nobody. And the thing about it is, one thing I told, I was telling some people when I got back, I was like, it's always beautiful women in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But Atlanta is one of those places to where I saw some nice white girls with nice asses. But when I turned to the left or the right and I saw black women, it wasn't even a comparison. Ew, it wasn't wow. even a comparison. Mm-mm. And the reason I say that is And the women carried themselves as such because they know this. They know this. And that's the thing. You've, you've heard Killer Mike talk about it, about being raised or going to a black school. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you have some sense of pride, yeah. some sense of who you are, as opposed to going to a white school to where they brush over your history. Exactly. And you have to conform or fall in line to what they have. In Atlanta, a lot of these people are going to black schools. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a preparatory school, it's more black than it is, you know, oh, yeah. than it's anything else. So they know the sense of self. You got the how, I mean, not the Howards, but you got the Morehouse, yeah. you got the Spelmans, you know, two of the most uh, elite schools, yeah, in, in, in the HBCU community. Mm-hmm. So to see black people and black women walk in that power, to oh, see yeah. black men loving on black women, I tell people all the time, interracial dating, that shit's cool. I'll, do what you want to do. But it's nothing when you see somebody love each other the way they're supposed to be loved if it's the correct thing or the right type of situation. Exactly. So for me, it was it, it was all love, like supporting the black business. Like I say, anytime we're in Atlanta or anytime we're in D.C. or L.A., I feel like people, the work that we do here in Dallas or Texas, people look at it and say, yo. It's appreciated way more than it is here. And we say we were going to stop saying that even though. Because we do have a strong support system We do, here. yeah, because we talked it's about just, that. It just seems like it's more widely recognized when we're in other places. I, I also think it's one of those things to where here people know us personally. Yeah, so, so it's, it's kind of like as, we already know y'all was yeah. going to do this as opposed to somebody <laughs> being like, who are these people that is doing this dope it's kinda shit? It's kind of like, you know, your parents tell you something. It's like, oh, yeah, you're supposed to tell me that because yeah. you're my parents. Exactly. Like, <laughs> and, then, you know, with friends, they feel like, okay, well, we don't go to this event. I'll text them and hit them up next time or. Yeah, I'll buy a ticket, but I won't come. Be like, oh, I'm proud of you. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same, and that's what I think. We I try to tell people like, if you fuck with us in Dallas or you fuck with anybody in Dallas, like show that support to them, show that support to that artist. Don't just tell them that. Like, uh, you know, pay for some of their work. Exactly. Come out to some of their events and like literally like and fuck tell with them. somebody. And like tell don't somebody, just yes, yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like, oh my friend, you know, yeah, you my friend, but spread the word. No, that's true. And so we went when we went to Atlanta too. We stayed in the same area in downtown again. And, and we went to our favorite diner. Landmark Diner. Yes. The food was good. Always good. Had Service another, was great. Had another Ethiopian chick. I think the last time we went, we had an Ethiopian chick. Yeah, we chick. did. Was and it the same one? No, because the was, other one was younger and yeah, she was true. very attractive. It was like yeah. a young girl. Yeah. And then it was like the older lady this time. She was oh beautiful God. too. She, but she had a, she and a sweet such spirit. She great care of us. Every time we came, I mean, we ate there four <laughs> that days That presentation straight. was amazing. It got better and better. Yeah. To me, it felt like being in a relationship and somebody sucked your dick and they learned it. Oh, I want you like getting head okay and you like it yes. sloppy second time it's gonna be sloppy oh yeah. you like it going deeper down my throat it's gonna be good sloppy and it's gonna be deep throat. Yeah. oh you want me to jack you off at the end too it's gonna be good head <laughs> sloppy deep throat and i'm gonna jack you off at the end she just kept getting better and better she the really first did. tip was ten dollars my second one was 15 the other <laughs> one was 25 i damn near left the 40 when we left i was like yo shit and is then great. she gave us the going away speech like yo. for real <laughs> She was amazing, man. She and I told her, I said, you need to call your manager out here right now. Yeah. So I can tell that nigga, he needs to give you a raise. Yeah. Because yeah. she made, I mean. I'm and, just thinking about that breakfast right now. I won't. Literally, your Salisbury steak. The first time my that child, bitch was yeah. falling apart. 
It was because that that the that first, was time first time we went, we went else. early. Yeah. It was super early, it was, and it was somebody yeah, else. She didn't right care about presentation, and you know me, I'm a presentation person. And that second time, Ooh. the steak was firm. And that cappuccino, your steak. We're gonna stick with the steak. Okay, the steak was firm. <laughs> Then the second time, she gave you steak with the extra gravy. You didn't have to ask for the gravy like exactly. you did the first time. Then the third time, she gave you the extra gravy. The steak was firm and juicy. I started to order plump. it. And then she had some kind of steak oh, seasoning on man. And I literally looked at your food and I said, hold on now. It was amazing. I said, word, like... It's like you add shit every time we come. Like she just got this shit in her pocket like Mary Poppins. It didn't even go right for her. But I was like, are you doing this for us or are you doing this shit for the and, gram? And like, she, no, she damn. told us. She was like, I told them I was going to take care of y'all because we weren't even sitting in her section. No. She was like, no, nah, I got y'all. She salt bait that damn uh, that steak. <laughs> it made me want to eat it, but I couldn't even eat a lot while I was out there. But Landmark Diner. If you ever go to Atlanta, you ever stand in the downtown oh. area, go to Landmark Diner. Yeah, we got to talk about It's talk also about a great spot for people watching. So we were sitting there the first day oh, yeah. and <laughs> this lady was trying to, I don't know if it was a woman or a man because I couldn't yeah, tell. Yeah, we could make that but, out. about the parallel part? Yes. And she hit, she literally, or they literally hit this person's car two times. She backed into it the first time and I was like, okay, this, for me, I'm like, <laughs> if I back in and I back into somebody's car, I'm done the first time. <laughs> like, as I back in, I'm going to feel like somebody saw me and I'm driving the fuck off. This bitch tried it again. And the funny thing about it is I'm goofy. She was nowhere so when, near the curb. But when she backed in the second time, she hit the car and made the car jerk. The second car. I was like, <laughs> yo, then after she did that, it was like, she was like, was somebody. crazy ass. I was like, woo. Yeah. <laughs> somebody had to be in the car with her because I feel like they said, you got to go now. You can't do this again. And then the car that they hit had just got a ticket from a violation. So, the white girl had came out of school from Georgia State right across the street. When she came out, all she saw was the ticket. This bitch didn't pay no attention to the dents in her front bumper because of the ticket. She was mad. She was cussing. Was it wrong that I was like, who is the white girl? Sometimes it's just you feel like white people are just now getting what they deserve. So I will give you a pass on that. And maybe the white folks that should get this treatment, it hasn't happened to them. But it's kind of like, well, at least it got somebody. That brings me to do you tip better when it's a black person? Now, I will say I just tip better when the service is what it should be. I don't like make a difference between black and white because I feel like I really sympathize with people that work in the service industry. I will say I do engage more when the server is a black person. I I do tip more if it's a black person. I'm just going to be honest with you. But if If the the service service is good, I'm going to tip great regardless. I'm going to be honest with you. If the service is good and it's a white and a black person and they give the same amount of service, Mm-hmm. I'm still tipping the black person more. Reason being is because there's a great chance that the white person is making more than the black person. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that nobody's giving or tipping this black person much anyway. And if they're serving more white people, they probably not tipping them good. Maybe they are, maybe they ain't. It's just something in me that says, I feel like I need to take care of my people. I feel like I'm a good tipper across the board. So I either way, too. it's going to be good. I am too. But I feel like tipping and supporting black, mm-hmm. I, I'm telling you right now, I don't give a fuck about nobody saying reverse racism or none of that shit. I believe in taking care of my own first. Yeah. Because that's what everybody else is doing from the Mexicans oh, yeah, to the Asians sure. to everything else. We are the only ones that continue to include people. And it is okay to include people, but make sure you take care of your home first. Exactly. I like to try and correlate things to sex. If I had a threesome and me and you were in a relationship, <laughs> I'm not going to bring in another woman and pay that woman more attention I than I would than I do to you. So that's how I look at that. Great example. Great example. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, man, we're going to take a quick break. We got to pay some bills. You're not listening to The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct and we'll be right back.
Butt cold from holy underwear. Why are you sacking, sir? I'm just advertising, though. Ran out of things to pawn. I called Nig Rich Loans, and they were able to give me $1,000 within 80 minutes. All I had to give was my social, pay stubs, and financial peace of mind for the next five to nine years. Unexpected expense? Do you have hobosexual tendencies? Are the trailers in your park leaning? Android on the fritz? Come get financially enslaved with Nig Rich Loans, where we'll get you your 40 acres. Nig Rich Loans. We didn't say the ER. Side effects may include, but are not limited to, broadcastness, blind tracks, crusty lips, extended hobosexuality, Nig Rich antics, false sense of financial security, and impaired wallet. <laughs> okay. How should we take over the world today? I don't know, but I know we back, so you can keep oh. running that on. So you wanted to talk about workplace shenanigans. I know uh, when we came back after being off, I think it's always like that after you've been off from work for like a week or you've been off on like a vacation and then you come back into work. Yeah. And I know you had the whole transition. Transition. Shout out to uh, Surrender. Yeah. You know what I'm Normally, saying? Congratulations on the new job. Exactly. Normally I take off, like I give myself a day to recover from traveling. But I had to be a real adult this week because she did transition to a new job and we were bringing in her replacement to make sure that they get properly trained. So we go through a temp agency and for whatever reason, the temp agency has not gone wrong until this time. Can I preface this before you even start? Go. White, uh, black people, soup up your resumes. Read a little YouTube, watch a little oh, YouTube, read yeah. a little something because- Get your friends, the, put them down as references. Put your friends down as a reference. <laughs> If you have your a friend, qualified friend, yeah, your qualified friends <laughs> who knows how to speak managerial talk. Exactly. Don't just get a random nigga who is at Popeye's and say, I want you to be a reference. Because when they start <laughs> asking this nigga educational questions and they have no education or they have no lack of sense of awareness or self and know how to answer shit, you don't want them bullshitting you exactly. out of a job. You want exactly. them to bullshit you into a job yeah. like this white girl at your job this week. Proceed. Okay, so the temp agency, they sent over a 23-year-old white girl fresh out of college. Privileged. Yeah, highly fresh privileged. Fresh out of college. First of all, she showed up late on her first day. Uh, not just five or 10 minutes late. This was like 30, 45 minutes late. And I know in the black community, my mother taught me when you, you get do a new a, job. You do, you do a, a walkthrough. You do a walkthrough. What is a walkthrough, you may ask? That's a day before or a week before you actually start that You drive that the job. route. You drive the fucking route. Yeah. So you can time it, see how early you need to leave, considering traffic, all of that. Yes. Find, make sure you know exactly where you're going. We are kind of tucked away, so it is kind of difficult to find us, but it shouldn't have been 30, 45 minutes. That it should not have been. So she came in late, first day. Um, I could just tell, and actually that um it reminded me of that because she yeah. had that super valley girl voice mm. and everything was <laughs> um, um. And I was like, oh, shit, this is not going to work. Like, yeah. my nerves too bad for this. It's not going to work. And she was just dazed out. I don't know if she was high before she came to work or whatever. Possibly. But her resume, like, it was, it looked amazing Probably on paper. Like, she looked like she was qualified. I knew it was going to be a problem when she asked us how to use a letter opener. Mm. The letter I, opener is the thing that looks like an extended butter knife, right? Yeah. Okay. You just stick it in there. Stick it in there and swipe it. Yeah. Um, I also knew it was going to be a problem when we sent her to the copier, you know, to make a copy and she didn't come back for 20, like 20 minutes later, we were looking for her. Like, where is she? And when we walked in there, she was just standing there staring at the copy machine. She said, I don't know how to use this. Strike two. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was going to be a problem when Sarinda was trading her Mm -hmm. and she was just scrolling through on her phone and. Not it was so it was so obvious that Sarinda, she even stopped talking yeah. to see if she was going to pick up on the fact that she wasn't talking anymore. Yeah. 
She never picked up on it. That's another part. And of the then I said, oh, I three. guess she's going to be on the phone the entire time. Yeah. Then she kind of jumped and was like, oh, and put the phone down. Yeah. Um, That's, I, you know, I won't just put that all on white people. That's a part of the millennial. Exactly. Too. But I will say people. that black millennials, for the most part, know how to conduct themselves at least for the first month because we are in a new position because as a as a, as a <laughs> black person your parent has already told you do what you need to get in the door exactly and then be who you are okay so in the list of how i knew this was not going to work uh next thing was her lunch was scheduled to be at one o'clock mm. she politely was like oh well i prefer to go earlier Bitch. privilege who the fuck are you yeah on your first day <laughs> you ain't even worked the full eight I, hours i'm like well one o'clock is when you will go yeah and I mean, I'm not understanding. So she came in, she was spaced out, whatever. By the second day, I was like, look, this is not going to work. We need to get somebody in here because I don't you said want. You she came back from lunch late too with her lipstick smeared, right? Oh yeah. That was the first day she uh. came and before she left. Sucking dick on, no, wait on a minute. lunch is a Yeah, she was that's legit. A good, that's a good thing. <laughs> like I mean, the, wrong with that, the right? reason why yeah. she wanted to go to lunch earlier is because her boyfriend works in the area. Yeah. So they were trying to coordinate lunch schedules. Gotta suck that she dick came on back. Lunch. Her lipstick was smudged Gotta all to be damn. Got to suck that dick on lunch. See, the one thing, you know, white girls, they like, they they give it all they got. So I'm sure she gave it all she got at lunch. Too bad she didn't give she, it all she got with this job. She was giving it somewhere else, man. So by the third day, I was like, you know what? We're not going to keep wasting this good training. Mm -mm. You, don't, you don't even have to come back from lunch. See, you know. And I was surprised at you because you were on the phone with me. The girl accidentally left her jacket. Yeah. And you wanted to go down there. So and I had to take it. Fired. No, I, I had to take her to Jackie. She already knew she wasn't coming back. But the reason I did not want to be on the phone while you were doing that, for one, I just wanted to give some respect to the person who's just been fired. I've been fired before. Also, I knew as her being a 23-year-old white girl, she was going to cry. And I just don't like seeing women cry. As soon as you turned the corner, you said, oh, shit, she's crying. I said, I'll talk to you later. I was out of there. <laughs> Ain't nothing to make you feel more guilty than white tears. Well, I didn't feel bad about it because honestly, had she come in there and like at least portrayed herself to be half of what she saying, was on the resume. You know what I'm saying. But okay, so let's fast forward. When white folks cry. You They cry so hard, you would think they was black. You'd be like, damn, did I enslave y'all for 400 years? I am so sorry. Woe is me. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, but still, you shouldn't have fired yeah, me. Yeah, you shouldn't have fired me. <laughs> I know I was sucking dick on break. I know I was texting while I was learning. I know I came in 30 minutes late. I know no, I came back 20 minutes from lunch. you can take your white privilege And I know elsewhere. I don't know what a letterhead is or a letter opener <laughs> is. I don't know how to work a fax machine. Clearly, I have lied on my resume, but please take this good white skin. <laughs> and it's so it crazy because <laughs> when we contacted the recruiter, we were like, this is not working. She's not grasping the information. And she, the recruiter was so devastated. She was like, I just don't know. Her resume was great. Yeah. Fast forward. Because her mama them probably told her, put this, mm -hmm. put that. Say, yes, you've done that. Here, touch this computer keyboard a little bit of times. You can yeah. say you know how to work a computer. Exactly. Open up Excel. You can say, yes, I've worked with Excel. I've opened it up before. Because they feel like when you get to the job that you're going to be trained. Yeah. I used to be one of those niggas no. that said that if you put me in training to be a doctor, I can be a doctor. I'm a nigga who feels like I can sell salt to a snail. So some of these white folks, the and, only thing about certain white folks, they feel like they can do that, but they really can And can't. I think that you sh a person should be allowed a training curve. And our training was very detailed. I mean, step by step, what you need to do, where you need to go, what you need to click on. And she still could not get it. Yeah. So that was the issue. 
more so than anything. Comprehension. Exactly. Because if about, you can't understand the basics, there's, we can't move forward from here. And I think you have to be able to teach people. The, the, the one thing that puts white people at a disadvantage is they don't know how to grasp people. No, not at all. Black people know how to grasp people because we have to try to fit into every room. Exactly. And our comfort zone is at home. Which is why it's a lot of black people, men and women, who don't want to date white because we have to deal with whiteness every day and mm-hmm. adapting to and that it's annoying. life. And then to come home, we don't want to have to explain and deal with white at yes. home either. And that was the other thing, too, because when she would come in the office, like we were having our regular conversations, you know, interacting like we yeah. normally do. And she would be like, what? What? Like ear hustling. Like, yeah. why are you in our conversation? Your business, you you haven't even been here two seconds. You don't get this. And so, let me tell white people too, the white the white people, the black person that you know at work, that's not the real nigga. No. Nine times out of ten, nine no. times out of ten, the black person, unless he's an elite house nigga, the black person you know at work is not the nigga at home. You don't know him really. No, not at all. Work Anthony is not at home, Anthony. <laughs> that is not the same nigga. Night y'all, and day. Y'all are the same persons for the most part. Cause y'all can talk about drinking and sex yes. and all of that shit at work and nobody fires y'all nobody no says judgment. it's harassment no judgment Mm-mm. we talk about that shit we're gonna be judged so we don't even give you that part of exactly. our life exactly so I, would, I do wanna fast forward to the next day when they brought in the second replacement mm-hmm. okay mind you this is a black girl black black I'm black, so excited black on black on black on black but not only is she black she's very talented yeah and her resume is real like she has legit experience mm-hmm. the thing that bothered me the most was that this temp agency saw fit to send this white girl with not very much experience mm-hmm. over a black woman that lives five minutes away from the job mm-hmm. with way more experience. When I tell you she came in, we gave her a crash course. She By the end of the day, she was already doing the job. Yeah. Well, I mean, we did pretty much create America. So we like, already know how to run this. You could have saved us these two and a half days of hell that yeah. we endured yeah. by just sending her. I don't know who the white dude was, but I watched a video. I've been uh, watching those Pushing Black or mm-hmm. whatever videos, and I've been posting them. And it was a white guy on this one. And he was saying, he was like, the reason white America and white men in particularly fear black people because they know if they lose the black dollar, they have lost everything. Mm-hmm. But some of y'all niggas still out here buying all of this flashy shit. Yep. Like I literally strategically, when it and outside of jeans, I literally try to find something that I can wear that may not be from a big brand place mm-hmm. or even if it's buy black, I, you know, I would prefer to buy black. Yeah. But he said, he was like, if you if, if black people can keep their money in the community, like Killer Mike said on uh, Trigger Warning, mm-hmm. like we, our, our shit doesn't stay in our own community for one hour. Yeah. Well, so he said, if we learned how to, you know, take our money back mm-hmm. and spend it in certain avenues and in the right yeah. avenue, we can cripple the economy exactly. from a whole perspective. And that's what they fear. They already see us coming together. Oh, yeah. And I tell people all the time, like, you see so many of these interracial commercials. There's so many interracial commercials. Even when you go online mm-hmm. and you look for stock video and stock fo- photos, if you put an African man or black mixed in there, is going to be white folks. Oh, yeah. Then, white folks wearing black. And even if you you can even put it in, search, uh, in the search engine and say black family or black man loving black woman, they're going to put a black man loving on a white woman mm-hmm. or a black man loving on a, the lightest person, complected yeah. person they can find. Or they're going to find a dark ass black girl and they're going to put it with a white ass white mm-hmm. man. They never put us together. Now, I used to get angry about this a couple years back. Then I started being like, but the white folks who are the black people who are in these commercials or in these videos are adhering to this. Yeah. So how mad can you be? They're trying to get that check. They're trying to get that check. 
but the the cons- not the consumer, but the 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 branders and mm-hmm. the the you know the people the who are o- the companies who are over this shit, they know what they're doing. Yeah. If you put black people together, that's why my favorite commercial right now that's on TV mm-hmm. is the Old Spice commercial with Dion Cole and the black oh, chick yeah. from uh, the game. Yeah. You go to YouTube and just put in Dion Cole <laughs> uh, Old Spice commercials. The reason I love him is because it's a black man. And a black woman, and it's a dark black man uh-huh. and a dark black woman yeah. loving and just being funny and being whatever together. Not saying that it's a problem with the interracial ones, but put the black ones together too, yeah. because there's not more black men and black black women dating interracially than it is of us loving ourselves. But they mm-hmm. know the empowering message that that sends if they show us loving and laughing and playing together. Yeah, man. it's always some kind of divide. That they're pushing. And for me, it's like, it's old, man. Yeah. It's old. I wanted to talk about, well, you want, you were talking about adulting this week. I know I didn't get out after, um, where do we go? Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. You, I pretty you much was in the house up until Thursday. So I took the whole week off. I need some time to myself. You was driving in icy conditions. I don't really give for a fuck what nobody to say. Ever. If it's ice out there, if it's snowing. No, normally I, I do not sacrifice my home. life for a job. But like I said, it was a crazy week. We were having this transition. I needed to be there to meet the replacement, blah, blah, blah. So I had to go ahead and do it. Yeah. Now we did want to talk about, before we get ready to get up out of here, we wanted to talk about helping those who are dedicated to the cause and overall expansion of the brand with Robert's Media Group. We've had a lot of people who are coming on board. we got a couple of podcasts that are getting ready to come on board. You've been working your ass off, so shout out to you. Um, You've been working in the booth. You've been signing up podcasts. You've been getting content together and working on other stuff, so salute to you. Thank you. But I think one of the biggest things that we've had when bringing people under the umbrella is having them understanding that there are rules and guidelines that you need to adhere to. And I think too many times we have seen a lot of people that are coming under Mm -hmm. the brand but they're coming under the brand to get to let us jumpstart them. Mm-hmm. And then they're trying to veer off on their own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and we support, you know, we definitely support their you doing individual your own thing. growth, of course. But when you sign up on a team, you work with the team, mm-hmm. meaning if we have commercials or we have things that are playing, mm-hmm. we get paid as a company mm-hmm. from the people above us by playing their commercials. Yeah. So I want people to understand it as business. So if you take out our commercials and you want to insert your own commercials, then at some point we need to sit back down and renegotiate the agreement that you adhere to, mm-hmm. because if we're not going to get paid off listens from the promotions from above mm-hmm. and you're going to get paid off yours, then it's only right in the business that you that it's a percentage of that that should go yeah. into Roberts Media Group. And the reason being is when you give money back to Roberts Media Group, we get better equipment. Yeah. We can better service you. Mm-hmm. But if you come in and you only take and you don't give anything, then what are we able to give back to you? And, not and what are we able to give back to the other, you know, brands that are under us that are adhering to the, you know, exactly. the protocol to where we can put more money back into them. We can put more money back into the studio. Yeah. We can put more into the equipment. There's a lot of people who, not to be funny, they want the audio visualizers. So we create this shit. Mm-hmm. Then they want to, oh, teach me how to create the audio visualizer. Where, where are you going to pay? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to get money from? Mm-hmm. How are we going to grow the brand? And I'm talking, I'm telling you right now, I'm not talking to white folks on this. We give white people a lot of flack. But one thing about motherfucking white people, they will give you quality and they will pay you for your services. Oh, yeah. It's black people who want to take something out because they can't afford something. Well, mm-hmm. motherfucker, if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't have been here. They want to take something out to get something to pay for themselves or they want to get just enough from us to take it and use it. But mm-hmm. you don't want to pay us. That's how do we shit. better ourselves and how do we better the brand if the people who are under the umbrella don't want to put money into the umbrella? Now you you a little bit more silent on this. I'm more of a step on your hand, step on your toe, step well, on no, your neck I was just type motherfucker. Say, and if you don't like it, you can leave. 
But it is one of those things to where we need people to work together. That's yeah. the, that's the whole issue with black people. Exactly. We want to say we're doing business. Like Jay-Z said it. You got niggas out here that won't team up with him mm-hmm. and won't contribute to him because they'd rather be with a white person that'll give them a little position of power oh, yeah. to make it look like they're or doing like something said, and you still don't have the money to do or even ball with the big boys. Yeah, when he was like, everybody want to be a boss until it's time to pay the invoice. Exactly. And that's very true. Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, boy, that's so true. Because I know we send out invoices and people are like, oh, can you... Cut 50 off that. Can we do one hour in the studio? Can we, oh, we got to do two. Can we do one? Can we do 30 minutes? Uh, yeah. Oh, you got that package? Well, it, it reminds me of, uh, I don't know if people watched In Living Color, but when Chris uh, Rock went to this thing and he was like, can I get a pack of gum? And the dude said, it'd be $2. He said, $2? Good <laughs> Lord. He's like, how about you take off the wrap and give me two pieces yeah. and I give you a quarter? He talking about some, no, it'll be two dollars. He's my, how about you give me one stick of gum, take the, uh, that's the take the gum out the wrapper, <laughs> and I give you ten cent. He's and like, that's man, the other the important thing for uh, business owners, especially black entrepreneurs, to keep in mind is to it's okay to stand your ground. Yes, like a lot of times you'll have you know your friends or people that you may care about want to you know. I guess do business with you, and you but scared. they wanted at a discounted rate, and, and you try to accommodate them. Yeah, to keep just the friendship to, in exactly. Line. Fuck but the friendship, it's my nigga. okay this to stand your ground and say, "Hey, this is what I've set my prices to be. Yeah. So this is what you're gonna pay if you truly want to support what I'm doing, or if you truly believe in what I'm doing." Black people got to okay. get out their feelings, man. Exactly. Black people got to get out their feelings and understand. And the thing about it is, this is what I hate about black people. Like you will come in and you want to shake down your own people, but you, white will be, but you will be scared as fuck to ask a white person for a discount. Mm-hmm. You will just come in and ball up and mm-hmm. boss up and pay that shit to make it look yeah. like you can hang. Cause you don't want to. Yeah. But with a black person, you want to look broke as fuck. Exactly. And not broke as fuck. I mean, you just want to keep what you can keep. You hustling yourself. your own people. Exactly. I don't give a fuck how you put it. Yeah. You can slice it any way you want. When you willing to man up and make sure you got the money when you go into a black person, I mean, a white person's establishment, but you want to dumb yourself down and hustle and play the black card, mm-hmm. you hustling your people. Yeah. And you a fuck nigga or a fuck bitch for doing that shit. So on that note, what yeah. I was going to I'm say. I'm going to go straight at the throat. <laughs> what I was going to say is we are saying all this or this segment is going to introduce our new podcast that we will be releasing sometime here within the near future. Yes. Well, this year. Sometime <laughs> it's going to be geared towards more of the Roberts Media Group. Brand. Yeah. It's a business podcast dedicated to letting people know like etiquette, yeah. how to How to help, interview, yeah, how people- to better interview. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, not just even with us, I listen to a lot of black podcasts mm-hmm. and the interviewing is poor and yeah. it's it, it's poor because it lacks confidence because they don't have the confidence or the know how on how to do this. Yeah. You know, one of the first things, and this is just a tip, if you're really trying to interview somebody, they call it the four W's mm-hmm. or the five W's, but it's a how in there. So it's H. I don't know why they do that. But it's when you're interviewing somebody, Ooh, if you what? really want to be you know, on point and, mm-hmm. or if you want to be more like regular radio and broadcast, you need to know the who, when, where, and what, and how. Mm-hmm. Start with that. Who the person is, where did they come from? Mm-hmm. What is their story about? Why did they begin doing this and how did they get and to the point where they And then at that point, it's okay to have a conversation because that's even because something that up. I struggle with yeah. myself is like how to start it off. Yeah. So, I mean, I know it's not everybody's thing. Thing, yeah. You know. But at least you want to at least sound like you've been around the exactly. block. Exactly. Like you, don't you don't never want, want to come out and sound scripted. like Katie Kirk. <laughs> Like, I mean, you just so can you tell us about a time? Yeah, like, don't nobody want to do that. And the thing that I love about podcasting and podcasting while black Mm -hmm. is because you get to be yourself. Exactly. Like, I was telling you the other day, like, one reason I even going to school for marketing and communications, people, a lot of people I knew, they went off and wanted to be reporters and shit. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can never be a reporter or anchor man. I remember that reel you did one time. 
Yeah, you hey, this did is that bitch in your Ray Ban. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Black by any means this necessary. This is not going to be a reporter. I'm not going to be one because that's not. <laughs> That's not who I'm supposed to be, man. Oh my god! Because I feel like to be this person, like every black person that you see on Sports Center outside of fucking Stephen A. Smith, who hollering like a real nigga, <laughs> you always hear these guys, and they like, like you know, they talking like Jeremy Chapman. Yeah, like they literally sound like a white dude, and some people are like, oh, they're Except speaking proper. Shannon Sharp. I like, that's what I'm saying, Shannon Sharp, yeah. and and for, but they, because he's comfortable in his black, exactly. and he understands that they want you. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And I think the sooner black people understand that when black, when white folks really hire us, they need us. Mm-hmm. And the great thing that I wanted to go and back to the new podcast because I think before you talked about branching off and maybe doing another podcast, yeah. and before I was hesitant about it, but because we are branding ourselves more so on the business side this year. I look forward to doing it because it's not just going to be hosted by us. We are also bringing in other members of our RMG family to um, give other, their own yeah. tips and tricks because we are all great in our own ways. Yeah, and like even we other all people. bring something different yeah. to the table. Like if, like if it's not to be funny, if it's somebody like a Gary Vaynerchuk who can teach people how to, you know, produce and do yeah. things. Like we want to bring in people. Like like it's going to be strategically about helping podcast of color mm-hmm. get on this grind and, and get in this game owners, and black period. business owners period and, and no, for the black not, consumers yeah. like a crash course on yeah. how to properly do business with other businesses. yes it is because we've dealt with a lot of shit to where we got videographers who not to be funny they don't do they don't their work is trash it looks one way then you get another way or they tell you they're gonna have it done in seven days and then it's done in 21 days they say they're gonna pay on time yeah. or get your month they don't have and they don't you should never be in business and you don't have cash app venmo a business card or a business account mm-hmm. where are they sending the money to you don't send somebody business and say hit me up at like my personal email like i'm not gonna give you my personal email for business yeah i'm gonna have a business account black people need to learn this because one thing about white folks is if they give you an opportunity to do business mm-hmm. and it's money on the table and they see bullshit mm-hmm. like a personal email or somebody who doesn't know what the mission statement of their business is or where the direction of their business is going yeah you're gonna lose a lot of money a lot of money will be left on the table and a lot of people think that it takes a lot of money to set yourself up to look a certain way it but not. it really doesn't it does so not. i think this is gonna be really good because that's where i'm looking forward to diving in more about the things that i do with the brand yeah no that's for real for real so we like i say no 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 shade man we ain't mad at nobody we just want people to understand when it comes to business because honestly like we you have to say this because you i see a lot of black people out here doing business and and we want to put influencer in our tags and we want to put ceos and it's like what did you profit last year Mm-hmm. Like we profited something last year. We mm-hmm. profited something the year before last. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of times it's like people are saying businesses and they're not even getting a profit in. Yeah. And the reason you and you have to hold sound and firm to the things that you believe in. And like I said, we used to give a lot. Matter of fact, make concessions, make concessions and just give time. away free shit. We was like, fuck that. Shout out to the homie Terry at uh, Perfect Race podcast. He literally hit me up and he said, hey. He saw the audio visualizer that I did. Mm-hmm. He asked about it. I said, it's something that we make in-house, but he's not under our umbrella. Mm-hmm. But he went and he created his own shit. Mm-hmm. And he hit me up and he was like, hey, if I can have a little bit of your time, I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I just want to shoot something to you to see what you think. Mm-hmm. I said, shoot it to me. You don't have to pay me because I already, he had already done the work. Mm-hmm. So he did the work. He sent it to me. I was like, yo, you could change this. You could change that. Do this. 
He did it immediately. He was like, hey, what is your thing so I can cash up you some money? I said, don't worry about it. But the fact that he was willing to do that, Mm -hmm. you got so many black people that'll call you and they'll ask for something. Don't even think to say thank you or give you a card. You never hear anything. You never hear from him again. again. You just give it to him Mm -hmm. and you never fucking hear from him again. We had a couple of podcasts like out of Miami a couple of years back. We got them up and running, helped them get logos going. I mean, did they the legwork. Did all the legwork. They did two episodes and never heard from them again. Fell out the face Fell of the earth. Fell out the motherfucking face of the earth. We've had people here within the last two years. Again, I won't say names, but you know who you are. I don't mind saying it, but it's people who come to us. They come to us eager. They come to us for work. We put them on game. We do mm-hmm. this and they drop the ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, those are one of the, the, the that's why we are starting to create these guidelines. Not only to protect the brand, but to protect ourselves. Yeah. Time is valuable. And a lot of times we get invested in these people's oh, per- yeah. personalities. Getting, oh, we get invested in these people's lives because we really care about what we're doing. So with it being a grassroots company, you create a family environment mm-hmm. and you start to care about these people. And when they drop the ball, mm-hmm. then you kind of like, damn, I thought this was going to be No different. new friends, just business. You got to do straight I'm business. Cool. I'm, everybody I'm cool that's on, on the team friendship. right now, we that, good. We good. And everything after this need, is strictly business going, because yeah. it's too many drop balls, man. We got a lot of things coming up, man. We're going to be in Austin for South by Southwest on Next March 10th. Next two weekends. Yeah, March 10th and then March 18th uh, we'll be out there. And then we'll be in D.C. Uh, for the Mind Over Matter podcast panel with Michelle Hope and Najee Ellaby. Shout yourself. out to Najee and myself. Um, I'll be on the panel out there. So we're trying to work out something with the uh, Pardon My Bullshit podcast. Shout out to the homie Gucci Luciano, man. Hopefully we can get some on wax while I'm oh, out there. Oh, you always talking about me. I ain't know nothing about that. Because you you ain't going to do nothing. When when we travel. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, you, when you tell, I did tell like, you. Tell I told you initially things. when it happened, it just wasn't a set date yet. Oh, okay. So I did tell you. Yeah. But uh, then we'll be in Houston, Texas. Uh, we're trying to link up with the Pussy Party podcast out there as well as doing a couple of podcasts. Weekend. with our own. I'm going to be smoking yeah, and I'm, having a good time. You know, we're going to go see Toby Neekway. I'm going to be living in the clouds. Yeah, shout out to him and his new baby. Uh, they, well, on the way. They haven't had it, but it's on the way. They did a dope-ass release party for the babe, like a uh, gender release. They did release. a dope baby gender announcement. Yeah. Dope gender release. Everything they do is dope. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It, it, was, it was a good shit. So, it was a good, good shit. It was some good shit. Okay. What? <laughs> I wanted to give a shout out to some of our podcasts under the brand. I don't know if y'all done listen to Shave Versation. That's Shave oh Versations. Man, they production and creating these teasers Hell and commercials yeah. for their upcoming season. Neg Rich Loan. You got to check that shit out, man. <laughs> uh, you should have you heard one during our break. Uh, that was their commercial. They come up with a lot of creative shit. Mm-hmm. We're trying to get them to work on a few things for us, you know, to get something out there, man. We yeah. love what they're doing. Shout out to Bad and Bougie Moms. She will be making her return on Monday with an all new episode as well as Sports Life Talk. They are doing their thing. Their brand is growing. They're picking up their social media presence. And they did a dope episode today, which should be released on Monday. That's what's up. And then we got the homie uh, Brandon Moore for the More in Dallas podcast. He's new under the brand. So be sure to check him out. Um, Check out what he's doing here in Dallas, some new things. He's been doing a lot of videos and a lot of interviews. So he got a lot of dope stuff coming up. I feel like we're missing somebody. I think we got one more, don't we? Got yeah. Shaver Sations, Bad and Bougie Quad Podcast. Quad Podcast. Can't can, forget about yeah. them. Shout out to the homie Frank. They'll be Frank in the studio Adia. today. Got some new stuff coming for you. Yeah, and I know uh, Frank, He, him and one thing about Frank, I always tell him, I laugh at him. You, if you go to his IG stories any day of the week, he's going to have at least 20 stories on. He's going to have at least 20 like, fucking stories. I don't know what else he does. I hope he has a mount in his car because as much as he's on these videos, like I need you to be safe. You asking for a wreck, my nigga. I need you to be safe. Okay. You asking for (laughs) a wreck, my nigga. So I wanted to talk about this before we get up out of here. I always clown on you and talk to you. And I think this is a serious thing. And, you know, I always try to give a little lesson. 
But I know one day I reached out to you this week and I was like, man, you may need to go to a counselor. And you talked about it because I was like, you seem like you damn near racist. And it's not that you're racist, but I, I want to talk about this for real, because it's one of those things with me, too, to where I feel like we deal with white America so much to where the shit we deal with, we carry it out of work sometimes. Yeah. And I know for me, one of those things is I have, you know, with my white friends that are in my life. I've literally, when I first started being cool with them, I had to tell them, I was like, you probably gonna hear me say some things or do some things. Don't mean, don't got nothing to do with you. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of your counterparts. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard being black dealing with white folks every day, man. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, honestly, I don't have any white friends that I'm like interacting yeah, with on a day to day basis. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, my sole experiences have been with the people that I work with yeah. or I'm around at work and you've been on um, the, you've been on this you grew up on the south side most of your jobs have been on the south side but i think no most of my jobs have been downtown and up north but I you think haven't been this, this far up north yeah with i this think much privilege within the past few years this has been like my first time actually experiencing white privilege up close and personal like yeah. experiencing some racism towards me yeah um so yeah i mean it has been a different I've been more vocal about my issues with white people that get on my nerves. I mean, not all of them as a whole, because like I said, I was raised to know that there's good in all races. Um, But I just, yeah, my nerves and my tolerance level has definitely changed. I think mine has too, but it's not just that. It's, It's also like seeing shit on TV. I think one of the things that really drives a lot of black people crazy is the incomp, is it incompetency? Yeah. Uh, of white people exactly like a lot of white people are very incompetent Mm -hmm. like they ask a lot of questions because they don't know a lot of Mm -hmm. shit and when and it's uh, annoying a lot of people will say oh well like for black people there's no stupid questions yeah yeah, there are there are stupid questions many stupid questions and the thing about it is i think growing up around black people we have learned to just do it for ourselves exactly in so many ways but they want to be some some white people want you to hold their hand yeah Every step of the way. And that is annoying for someone that has literally had to like do everything for themselves. Like even with us starting this business, we didn't have no white person or no guru come to us. Like you literally did the legwork, research shit, sent it to me. I read it or read it. I never thought that I would be somebody that's doing podcasting or media, but because I've researched and learned so much. On your own. On my own. Yeah. Like. And I think that's the thing with me, because like you say, it's one of those things where. Not only is it just that, it's also, to me, it's a common sense thing. Exactly. Like, I feel like a lot of times, okay, prime example, and sorry, white folks, if you feel like you're getting shot up today, you'll be okay. Uh, well, we had the segment that we talked about black people. Yeah, but, the, <laughs> but you know, they only focus on this I part. Know. But the funny part about it is, like, I can tell the difference when I'm talking to a white person and a black person, unfortunately, particularly white women. Mm-hmm. When you talk to a white woman, if you send a text message, the whole thing can be right mm-hmm. it can be one letter wrong and one word and they won't understand what? the whole thing but with a black yeah. person it's like they'll read it and be and even e- even when you put the asterisk and put and the correct, correct word like i know what you meant yeah i know what you meant like yeah. i say that all the time or people will say that to me but with a white person you literally like sometimes I, it's I'm like a, wait what are you saying i'm gonna be I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest i've been to a point where maybe because i'm used to doing it with black people but when i talk to white people or I do it in a text. If I make a mistake, a lot of times I just be thinking they're smart enough that they'll just get it and I won't follow up with the asterisk. And I swear to God, nine out of 11 times mm-hmm. when I don't put that asterisk in the correct word, they're literally like, what? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? And I'm like, you couldn't use the context just clues like this, that to put that shit week, together and make it? The entire time. She's like, what? And you know what? how many times that what? I've been on jobs? And when you were telling me about her, you know how many times I've been on jobs where I didn't know? Fidelity, matter of fact. I had no degree when I went to Fidelity. 
I passed the test that I needed. I did the 12 week program. I studied. I put words together that I didn't know. I took my ass home. I learned more about it because I didn't want to seem like the black dude in a class full of white people Mm -hmm. who didn't know nothing else. Even though it's probably some white folks that was in that class who didn't know just Mm -hmm. as much as I didn't know. They're okay raising their hand because they're not seen as this. We're seen as stupid anyway. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because when we were on the plane, I was reading my, you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X book Mm -hmm. and I was showing you, you've already finished it. Yeah. But it was a part in there where Malcolm X, his teacher, when he was like 13, asked all the kids, what do they want to be? Mm-hmm. And when he got to Malcolm, he said, I wanted to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. And the white dude leaned back in the chair, laughed, and he was like, uh, you know niggas can't be an attorney. And like he, and that's said, what he said, it was actually a teacher that cared about him. Yeah. But yeah, in and that time he told him. But that's the thing. It's white folks that care about black people too, but they still see them as less exactly. than. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. Mm-hmm. And good white people to think, well, I treat you right, Mm-mm. but you still treat me like the nigga. Mm-hmm. You may not say it because you know your ass will get whooped these days, mm-hmm. but you still treat me like the help. Yep. You told me about the girl who, the second girl who got the job. Yeah, the assignment that they actually gave her before when they sent the white girl to us, they sent her to a little corporate office and she was, you know, going to be the executive assistant or whatever. And she said they were literally treating her like she was a house nigga because they wanted her when they had a conference meeting or whatever they wanted her to go in the room pull the chairs out for people as they sat down push them up and once they got up not all even, white people. even if they just went in like to go to the restroom she had to go in there and cl- and she was like this is not gonna work for me call me whatever you want to call me but there's a few things i'm not doing and i've never done if i'm in a court of law i will not call a white man your honor because it's your honor to meet me so I'm not saying, Your Honor, so God rest my soul. I, I mean, if I ever die, I hope that I never have to be in court because they're going to they gonna say, hold him in contempt because I'm going to say, yes, sir, or no, sir. I'm not yeah. saying, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. And I'm only saying, yes, sir, or no, sir, because that's the highest court. Yeah. When it comes to the police officer, I've never said, yes, sir, or no, sir, officer. You were on the phone. I've talked about this on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I'll talk to them niggas like regular men because that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have been escalated to be more than whatever they are, mm-hmm. but we pay them through our tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And policing was started for slavery to keep slaves on the plantation. Yeah. So again, knowing the historical context and facts about that, you're going to get just respect from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going over my... Whatever you give me is what, you what you're going to get. That's it. And even in the office setting, I know some people be like, yes, sir, no, sir. I won't say that I won't say yes, sir, no, sir to a white person. That's but how it, I was but listen, like, that's how I was raised. In general. But it's uh, exactly. Not just black, not white. Not just to black, white. Yeah. It's, if you're older than me, I'll mm-hmm. give you a yes, sir, no, sir. Mm-hmm. If you're younger than me as a white man or a white woman or the same, I'm not talking to you like that. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you right now, it's not happening. Yeah. I'm not doing nothing extra for you. And if you're younger than me or if you're a white person and you want me to do something at work, mm-hmm. you need to ask me. Yeah, and and they are so afraid. Of, like the girl, even with my manager, she was he, so scared to ask questions. And I was like, "You're making it hard on yourself. You're making it hard on yourself." But but that's because they don't know how to deal with black people. Because you rather go in people. and fuck some shit up that I'm going to have to fix, fix than just come ask in and me ask a question me because you're fucking black. White people step outside of your vaginas and come mingle with the the black. Like the white people who are inside of your vagina, men and women, step outside of your vagina and come hang out with the good black people. <laughs> We built this motherfucking country and you're enjoying the fruits of our labor. Mm-hmm. So the least you could do is taking be nice. Out of credit for it. And taking all the fucking <laughs> credit for it. And 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 this is the thing too. You may not be taking the credit for it, but ask your grandfather and your great grandfather and all of them. And somewhere along is instilled in you some somewhere kind of way. down the line. Some, and you don't know it until it come fucking out. comes out. Yes. It Period. Will happen. So yes. Yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say. 
Shout out to all the podcasts on the Roberts Media Group. Thank you guys for continuing to ride, continuing to ride with us. It's hap- it's uh, Women's History Month. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the beautiful women of we any race and any color. Interviews coming that are going to be set up. I'm, I, what I'm excited about is I'm bringing my mom into the studio. I'm going to be sitting down with my mom to mm-hmm. talk about her upbringing, some of the things that she's been through. And the reason I think it's important to bring my mom in for one is a lot of the stories she told me about being a black woman in the 50s and mm-hmm. the 60s. I think it's important to hear some of those stories mm-hmm. because I think a lot of, especially white people, like some of my white friends, they wonder why we feel the way we feel. Cause I honestly have white friends and some white people that get offended by all the black shit that I post. And in yeah. my mind, I'm thinking like, just mute the page or get off the fucking page. And that's the other thing is like, we don't get to celebrate we don't. or acknowledge our own efforts. Even when we post shit, they think it's almost like they take offense. It's, yeah, like, it's like, so what do you mean by this? Are yeah. you talking about me? Yeah. If you have to ask that question, then maybe it is something Keep talking. in I you. I do need to read that. Yeah. Maybe it is something in you that sparked that. What they say, a hit dog gonna holler? Yes. Yeah. So what I'm about to do is I'm about to read um, something. I posted something, if I can find it real quick. I posted something on my IG stories not too long ago. It was Black History Month. So, you know, they give us the shortest month. And I was was saying something about, what was I talking about? I was talking about, like, just white people. And I honestly was loving showing some love for black people. I don't know the post that I had. Was it one of those videos that you did? Yeah, it was one of those videos, like I said, from Pushing Black. And these individuals speak out. Okay, so basically it was a a video that I posted about people, black people speaking out about change and some of the things that white people have done to us. One of my most recent videos was about uh, Malcolm X and Mm -hmm. the white reporter had asked him, he was like, do you feel like the world is going in the right direction. This was like in the 60s. And Malcolm X, he said, and I'm prefacing this or paraphrasing this, he said, no, nothing has changed because they they have a knife in our back. Mm-hmm. If they take a nine-inch knife out of our back, six inches, it's still in our back. Yeah, They have to remove the knife from our backs, then help us heal that wound. He was mm-hmm. like, they haven't even acknowledged that they stuck the knife in our back. Mm-hmm. And when he say they, he's talking about white America. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So I posted something like that, and I uh, one of my one of our white friends. Mm-hmm. She said, "On one hand, I'm proud of these individuals who speak out and act for change. And on the other hand, I'm fearful that I can only ever be a part of the problem. Ironically, because of the fact that I am white, I guess one of my fears is that I will never be taken seriously in a relationship or friendship of any kind with black people just because I'm white. There's a separation that I understand in my head because of his history and et cetera, but it hurts my heart because who am I? Who I am is not." that and i wish there was a way to bypass the whole part so basically she was saying is how am i supposed to feel as a black person i mean as a a white white person person who is not racist but when you post things about black people talking about the inequalities and the racism and the racist things that white people do which is her ancestors somewhere first of all you just have to recognize that in that situation it doesn't apply to you if you're not racist then it doesn't apply to you that's the same way when we hear people talk about black people that are ghetto yeah. or whatever but this like, is the, but this is the first part before you get into that okay. this, i read the second one because i was trying to go without having too much dead air okay. so it was when i posted it that's what it was it was the, the black lady who was doing the poetry and oh, she yeah. was saying you know how she doesn't apologize for being black around white people yeah. and white people, you know so on and so forth so the girl was like i love her artistry and i feel uh the reality in each point that she's making as a white person i feel torn to whether i should feel ashamed and responsible for these truths or whether i should or whether I can feel a part of the motion for change is recognizing and acting to change these horrid norms enough to overcome the fact that I am white. It's difficult to see things like this and not feel torn between these two sides to not help, but feel that regardless of my personal efforts, I will forever be included in white people's mistakes. 
just food for thought. From your perspective, do all white people live under this umbrella for black people? As someone who dates beyond racial lines, it makes me wonder if I will forever be wasting my time hoping for a future with someone in fear that I am no more than this white person, as if I am limited to only the things that have seen are being seen in the light. Obviously not pointing at you guys, and I recognize the huge injustice and equality that black people go through, but just giving you just giving you what goes through my mind to see what you guys think about it. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. She date, she's a white person who dates black people and hangs around black people and has uh, Mexican and black friends more so than white. It's unfortunate, but my whole thing when it comes to comments like that, especially when it's on the heels of us posting something that has to do with the celebration of who we are. And black history. It's Month. like yeah. you always have certain people that say, hey, but I'm a good white person. Yeah. And I and do get like tired of that. Have to say that. I get tired of that yeah. because anybody that is a good person genuinely will be able to look at you and say, hey, I, I, I see the difference. I know yeah. that this does not apply to you. Yeah. But as a whole, we have to take we take responsibility for certain things they that don't apply to us as black people. Having dread, you take the responsibility for those who rob. Exactly. Or who rap about drugs. They they automatically tie you to those people. But it's like living in a certain area, your hood, yeah. your whatever. Like we, even black we people deal think with that. this. You, you, deal exactly. with that, you deal with that from your own people, and you deal with that from white people, and you deal with it from your own people because the white people have fucking brainwashed the black yes. people to be against each other. So you have to bring yourself up by like for white folks. Like I say, it's some hardworking white folks in America, but their hard work is not our hard work. No, not it's by nowhere, long, not, not even close. If they worked hard to get a job, we worked harder to get that job. And we and work, we damn sure worked harder to keep it. To keep it. Yes, that's for sure. I've told a story many a times, even having a degree and before having a degree where I've seen other people's pay white men mm -hmm. and they wait, make way more than me when they don't have the experience that I have. Mm -hmm. So when people talk about, oh, are things like this and that, that's why they, why do you think they stop saying don't talk about your pay. Yeah. Because they know if you talk about your pay, they know that they're giving these motherfuckers more money than us. Mm -hmm. And you know why? When they're in that position, that helps them down the line. Because if you're giving a white man money, money, he could take care of his family. Mm -hmm. He can do things. He can mm -hmm. create a tradition. He can create a legacy. If you give a black man a little bit of money, he can't take care of his family. You know what I'm saying? He'll stay by himself. He'll never procreate. And if he procreates, he'll procreate in the wrong way. And he still won't take care of his family. It's all a shit show. It's a whole shit show. <laughs> and that's why when people be talking about like, is racism ever going away? It's not going away because the white male patriarchy of this society will not allow it. Because that would mean they would have to give up some of their power that's not totally rightfully theirs. Mm -mm. Because if they ever make it a, a, a even playing ground, it's a wrap. Oh, yeah. Because just like we outdo motherfuckers on the basketball court. I think they already know it's a wrap. They know it's a wrap. And, and they it, feel it that coming. That rap is coming. They, and it, it's it's definitely yeah. coming. And the re, it's coming more so. That's why it's important for black people to empower each other. Mm -hmm. By, if you have a guy that's shooting video, if he charges 125, don't say I only got 100. Yeah. You knew your budget was shit anyway. You should have been looking for a $100 budget before coming to this motherfucker. Exactly. Put your money into a black owned business that is legit where your mouth is and first put, of all yes. all these social media retweets likes and all that shit it's great that's but great. put your money put your money where your, money mouth, where your mouth is man you got a thousand fucking people that'll tell you something and don't put a dollar on your name mm -hmm. but every for those people who be saying oh i would do you know how many people i've had 
prominent motherfucking people in the city of Dallas. Mm-hmm. I want to say this nigga name so bad because no. if one person come to my mind, but there's so many people that have come in and they've been like, hey, we need this. And you give them the game and you help and they, them out. They basically sit there and be like, you got something Great. I don't have. And they'll take that mm-hmm. and they do that. And you've been around because they do that a lot with me. Mm-hmm. They'll come to me and be like, oh, you got a presence. Oh, you got oh, this. Oh, that's what I was talking about. And people, <laughs> they literally will try to emulate who I am and what I do and take it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Or they'll reach out to me and be like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. You need to pay for that information. Mm-hmm. You're going to pay a white man for it. Mm-hmm. You want people to pay you for what you do, mm-hmm. but you want to just get it from me. Mm-hmm. We got to stop that shit, man. All right, man, I'm going to wrap it up. I need to find something to drink, eat. Yeah, me too. Possibly smoke. A couple of Especially games coming on. this last conversation. But you got to start having some real shit. Some of them are going to be laughing and playful. And no, sometimes you just got to call it out because I feel like we are doing a disjustice to white people if we just talk about what's good about some of the things that white people do. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I think we're doing an injustice to black people if we don't acknowledge the things that they do wrong and that we do yeah, wrong we can get better and how we whole. can get better as a whole. Mm-hmm. Now, once I find some more shit about Asians and Mexicans, I'll talk about that shit. But in America, when we talk it's about race, black and white. it's black and white. No matter what nobody says, yeah. every time people really talk about racism, at least in America, especially in Texas, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Not to be funny, Nothing against Hispanics, but it's like the fight. Uh, if if black and Hispanics have a fight, they go either way. They it's go either, either way, black can, side or, or the they white think side. They damn near white. Yeah. So it depends on who it is and what it's about. So we don't really look at that, and we do kind of look at, for the most part, Mexicans as pretty much the same as who we are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So the fight, the only fight that we have, and it honestly is counterproductive to fight with Mexicans because, not to be funny, they don't own shit like we don't own shit. They own shit, but they own shit. And they take care of it for themselves and their people. Mm-hmm. But the biggest person that you got to knock off the knock them off their pivot is white folks, the white man. So that's where we at with that, man. So thank you guys for listening, man. If you want to reach out to us or be on the show, hit us up at info at the reality is. That's T-H-A, the reality is. Keep up with a lot of things that's going down with the podcast by going to www.therealityis.com. If you want to be a part of the podcast, man, like I said, hit us up. Come on the show if you want us to talk about certain things or you got a question you want to answer, just email us again at info at the reality is. Follow us on all social media at the reality is. A lot of you guys have been giving me feedback on the videos that we got that we've been putting out. Shout out to you, our video curator. I want to say thank you for the support. Content creator. And thank you guys for, you know, it means a lot when you create something because a lot of times I literally will wake up at five in the morning, go back there, get on the computer. I'm on I'm on the computer from six o'clock in the morning to like seven o'clock at night creating stuff. So when people say, hey, that's great, or people share it or repost it, it means a lot to me because it is work and effort that's going into that, man. Yeah. So thanks, Arteza, for doing this episode with me again. We'll be back on next week and we're going to have a lot of recaps. We're going to have to do a recap for Austin, a recap for DC. Well, we'll be back before then. We actually have a great interview lined up for Tuesday. We do. That's mm-hmm. next week, right? Yeah. Is that the immigration attorney? Mm-hmm. So we got that. And like I said, I'm looking forward to doing that out interview of here with my mom. South by Southwest. Yeah. So we got a lot of shit, good shit coming, man. So keep up, keep in touch with us. And if you are in one of these visiting cities, again, Austin on March Link 10th, up. DC on March 23rd, Houston on April 20th, and you know you want to link up with us or do a podcast or even just hang out, hit us up, man. And again, don't be doing none of that fake social media shit. Please. Like, oh, we need to link up and yeah. then, you know, whatever. Because yeah. if I take time out of my day to reach out to you and be like, hey, what's up? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So we don't need that, man. I always remember the NL Curse to excel success. We'll check you motherfuckers on the next one. Soup. Yeah. Mixtape murderer.
Medusa mink rugs on the plug with the juice, baby. Heating up the pool in the time, blood, baby. Really big rain, 20 carats, no food, guys, it's in coincide. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.